Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. I'm Rob Capello. I'm a VP of Business Development now Media Group. Before starting, I'd just like to give a shout out to our sponsor. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. And they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, visit valleyfirst.com slash business. And again, thank you then. Uh, thank you, Valley First, for your support. Um, one of my favorite quotes that um, I, I don't always get to use, but this is, I think, a, a good time for it, is necessity is the mother of invention. And we all know, all know the uncertain times that we currently live in and how hard it is would be to start a world company right now. But at the core, entre- entrepreneurs understand the risk of starting a business at any time. It doesn't matter when it's good or bad. And as I was looking through um, your guys' website today, and we're going to jump into who you guys are, is words like passion and dir- disruptive innovation and wellness and safety and health are just some of the words that describe, I feel, who you guys are and the companies that you founded. Um, plus, I, I do strongly believe that some really good brands have come out of uh, downturns like Netflix and Airbnb and Microsoft and someone might have heard of Disney. So there's, there, it doesn't matter when it is, when you have a good product or a good service or a good idea, it doesn't matter what it is. So uh, we'd like to welcome Susan Blanchett and Andrew Coffer to today's episode. Uh, Susan and Andrew are the founders of Origin Air and Origin Clean. We're going to talk about both of those today. Um, Origin Clean is a BC-based clean tech company leveraging nature-based scientific solutions to dramatically improve the health and sanitation of our built environments. And Origin Air has a mission to produce the most effective and beautiful living air purifiers in the world to restore healthy living spaces for humanity to thrive. So located in Victoria, Origin is doing amazing things with health and safety with all, or sorry, with our health and safety in mind. So we have lots of cover, so let's get started. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Thanks. Um, when I first heard of your guys' company, I, I, I had a call with some of your team members and I was just so intrigued. Like I was just, I thought it was awesome. So if we start kind of, how did it all call about? That's the question I always have. How did this start? And, and you guys are smiling, so there's a story there. But, how, you know, when did you decide to start a clean tech company? How did that all come together? That's a good question. And, uh, you know, it's prophetic that our name is Origin. So, um <laughs> The, the, the genesis of Origin Air came from myself owning and operating a living wall company, which is where you create uh, vertical displays of identity plants uh, in an array that allows it to live on a wall. And uh, I was very excited about it. I've always loved plants. I've had orchid nurseries in Hawaii. I've always had gardens. Uh, I was raised in a garden. My, I, I, I remember like biting cucumbers in the garden while my mom said, don't do that. Um, so always always into plants and dirt and being outside and I fell in love with the idea of living wall and as I started to build them and and create fairly prominent displays I I I was just compelled by the idea that I was making the air cleaner and better and this was a cool thing and I'm going to change the world 
and people are like, oh, the air smells so much better in here. I'm like, does it? Does it really? <laughs> it, it just opened this whole can of worms that was, do plants actually clean the air? Are plants as beneficial as we think they are? Um, with Google being what it is, I got into a very deep rabbit hole that got me into NASA experiments and, mm -hmm. and meaningful scientific documentation that led me to a rather startling discovery that they don't clean air. They want to clean air and they have the inherent mechanics to do it, but based on living in dirt and being a fairly small house-sized plant, its ability to clean air was basically nil. Like if you wanted to clean the space that you're in right now doing this podcast and actually clean the air, you're probably going to need somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 to 1,000 plants, depending on how much <laughs> room is behind you. It would look cool, but I mean... But you wouldn't be able to get out. Yeah, the functionality of your space might be a little bit limited. So um, a bit of panic set in and I was like, this is, this is not cool. We, we can do better, but I don't know how. And it went from panic to an aha moment in like a day because that's when I found University of Washington engineering department creating these enhanced plants. And by enhanced, I mean that they have genetically combined a mammalian liver gene, which is no different than the one that you have or I have or your dog or your cat have with a plant. And a liver, as you probably know, is used primarily to detoxify uh, things that you ingest, whether it be by drinking, eating, inhaling, uh, the liver is your magic free pass. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. allow bad things to hurt you. So in terms of what that did for the plant, it allowed the plant to become an extroverted liver. The entire plant can now take toxicity out of the air. And instead of being like a filter where it just sticks it to something and then creates garbage, the plant actually eats the toxins, absorbs them and creates two wonderful things. One, the plant grows and two, it transfers the CO2 into oxygen, which as a carbon-based life form, it does wonderful things for us, breathe it. Right. Um, very exciting technology, right on the edge. And it was in the stage of University of Washington had did it. They pulled it off. They were conducting meaningful experiments in the lab and producing the types of results that were very exciting for someone like me who wanted to turn this into a real world machine. How do we take this super cool plant and turn it into a machine? Mm -hmm. um, I have a bit of a compulsion with doing that. I take things that are kind of cool and like put wheels or a motor on them and make them cooler. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> most of the time it winds up hurting me, but in this case, I thought this one's probably not going to hurt. Um, so we started the negotiation process of how can we become the commercial partner for this technology? And at that point, I met Sue, who was a lawyer with the province of BC. And it was serendipity because there's no way I could have pulled off this part of it. I was just kind of like, I like plants and I have an idea and can you please help me? Now what? Yeah. So was University of Washington doing, were they just doing studies at the time with enhanced plants? Were they actually doing something with it? Were they creating anything? They were like, it was like the Dr. Frankenstein. So taking something that was not that meaningful and turning into this amazing new creation. And they've been at it for, you know, over a decade, close to 15 years of R&D. Um, I think it started, it was rooted in phytoremediation where they're using plants to clean toxic water. And then it evolved more into uh, clean, cleaning air. 
Interesting. You already made my head hurt with all the stuff you're saying. <laughs> my head just keeps getting bigger. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I say so intrigued. Before we jump in a little bit more of the company, I'm wondering if you can kind of, what's your guys' individual roles in the company? And I know you probably wear many hats as you're starting a tech company, but can you let the sort of audience know what your guys' sort of individual roles are, sort of what a day-to-day -day might look like? if that's possible. <laughs> well, I'm the chief executive officer of Origin Air and my day-to-day -day goes from, well, today, 5 a.m. doing legal. Um, I'm not practicing right now, but I always start all of our legal documents and then take them to our lawyer. Uh, that requires absolute quiet. So um, well, our staff gets here at eight and then it's just directing anything. Like, um, we've got a strategy manager, we've got another lead founder, Ryan Leiter, and he is in charge of our strategy. So now instead of all the questions coming to us, everything goes through him. Right. It allows us to actually work between eight and four, because for a while there, you're just rebounding. So now we've got our strategy, our OKRs are in place, um, our team knows what they're doing. I mainly work on grant applications and fundraising at this point because we're an early startup yeah. andrew's our cto and and ryan as well and they're really we've got a team of engineers they're building our prototype and we also as you'll hear in a little bit started a second company so andrew is in charge of running that and that one's already commercial and we're using it to bootstrap origin air and we call that our pandemic Pivot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, are you guys known as like I think I saw the word clean tech company. So, what is it? What's the definition of a clean tech company? You know, yeah. there's it, clean tech, green tech, um, egg tech, egg tech. It, it all depends on how you want to spin it. I would say that the reason they're using clean tech now is because a lot of technology companies are not looking so much at like a greenwashing solution that will make them money it's a, how do you create a restorative scientific solution to the, the climate crisis i think if, if we're responding uh with a productive meaningful technology for the climate crisis you're invariably in clean tech got it okay. uh green tech clean tech they both kind of got their butts kicked over the last 20 years with respect to companies ramping up going to market not having any meaningful deliverables the stock price tanks and so we're all kind of sitting here like should we try this again and with the paris accord and with divestment from oil and gas into meaningful solutions for climate change yes we should try it and we have to win this time like there's there's no uh, as they say there's no planet b here right yeah so we we just to add to that we find we don't really fit in an exact category like the next codes like all of the categories that are listed even the victoria um business chamber of commerce i had to say we, we don't fit in one of your categories we're kind of a new emerging and i i want to say this decade's going to see nature mixing with machinery that's how we kind of see the future so we're kind of pioneers in bringing nature and computers, software, engineering together. Life, we, life science is a pretty good life term. Science, yeah. All life. Right, right. Science right. associated with it to make it better. And we've amended our articles. So we're actually a BC benefit corporation now. And we are just about to apply to become a B Corp, which you've probably heard of. And it's, an, it's becoming not like a new fad. It's actually a new way of saying, hey, we are companies that care 
about the environment, about culture, about technology and science, and creating a new culture of a new type of corporation that has a heartbeat. Interesting. So we did mention that there's two different companies or brands, Origin Clean and Origin Air. Let's maybe start with Origin Clean. Can you guys explain, you know, let the, people, the audience know sort of what, you know, who it is and what you guys do within under that brand? I think that uh, the term I just mentioned, life science, speaks to Origin Clean uh, fairly directly. So it was a pandemic pivot. It was a technology we already had in use. And what we do is we use an activated probiotic solution, which is dispersed through a fogging technology that we've been fine tuning and fine tuning. So I would come into your office and I would have this, calling it, we call it the cleaning cannon, but it looks like a Ghostbuster backpack. So there's a big battery powered backpack on your back and there's this huge like predator looking bazooka and you just go and I can fog your office in all of five seconds. And then this very light dry fog would settle on everything. And once that hits all of your surfaces, you have a microscopic cleaning crew that basically protects all surfaces for up to five days. The protection is done through beneficial bacteria, which basically restore a microbial balance to your indoor space the same way it exists outside by default because nature regulates and has all of the living and breathing and you know the water the wind the rain to to keep things in balance whereas inside we live this perfectly sheltered clean dry life so it's very hard for microbial balance to exist so um we're bringing a little bit of dirt back inside it's actually yeah. a single bacillus but without the dirt so sounds, like, sounds like the spa <laughs> when you're doing when you're doing the spraying are, are you actually disinfecting surfaces at that or not not then you're 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 setting the stage for that is that it's actually more like the bow on the present so there's three <laughs> three uh constituent steps to a proper cleaning procedure you're going to clean the surface right so a, a good example would be our client at victoria international airport the cleaner will go in and it will wipe all of the the dirt and and whatever you want to call it, off of it, all the surfaces because it was deposited there by humans and the activity of the day. Disinfection is, is definitely the buzzword for 2020 for obvious reasons. So that's where you're actually hitting it with an alcohol or a bleach solution that will kill any living viruses or pathogens that are on the surface. And that's typically where every cleaning regimen stops. The big issue there is if you missed anything, just one little bit of a contaminant, a pathogen, a virus, You've created that kind of, you know, when the Zamboni cleans the ice between periods, this perfectly smooth, damp, fast surface for the to repopulate itself and recontaminate. So what we're advocating for is that last step, that magic step, is once everything's been cleaned and it's dry, is to fog with the probiotic, which basically builds a perfect tent on everything. It's invisible, it doesn't smell, it's not wet, but it's through competitive exclusion will not allow recontamination to occur. Force field, if you will. Yeah. And it's, it'll last a lot longer. So you're talking three to five days of, I'm feeling pretty good about my table right now. Right. And, and as you mentioned sort of the airport, do you guys work with different verticals? Is it just businesses or is there a residential application as well? Or are you working all, all the above? We're, we're focusing heavily on essential service, larger scale industries uh, for obvious reasons. They need to be open. Human lives are at stake. It's, it's a very important thing for us to be involved with. 
down the road, there may very well be a, an opportunity for us to work with residentials. But for now, we're heavily focused on the industrial commercial um, clients. Which makes sense. And you mentioned probiotic, probiotic cleaning solutions. Can you, like, what, what does probiotic mean? Like, what does that actually mean in layman terms for where, I mean, I hear it in like yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> right. no. yogurt, kombucha, um, two very common ones. A lot of people will take probiotics for gut health. The right. pro proficient and biotic, it's a bacteria. Okay. I mean, you and I, we're basically 90% bacteria. We're 10% human and 90% microbial bacteria. So when you think about how we're going about COVID, we're, we're taking some necessary steps and we're going way too far. We're going way too far with the disinfection to the extent where we're actually compromising our immunity because we can't build up that microbial balance that keeps us healthy. Right. Uh, we're particularly concerned as a company with the more compromised end right. of our, of our uh, population, the elderly and the young. These are two uh, populations that haven't the capacity to fight back against compromised immunity as well as we do because we've been alive longer. We've played in the dirt as kids. We've drunk from the hose. Yeah. So children and the elderly are, are uh, most exposed to what we're doing right now, which is compromising the microbial balance of our indoor spaces. In, in origin, clean is, for lack of, I, want, I can't think of another word, function, but you're actually selling, you're using it. It's, it's a bot, like you're, you're, you've got partners. So what stage are, is your company? Are, are you raising funds? Are you recruitment, expansion, all the above? Is it hair straight back? Is it like, where are you at right now from a company perspective when it comes to origin clean? Um, this, this one's where my baby, I'll take it. Um, we are at an interesting point right now. We are commercial. We are taking on new clients, but we're also looking to scale rapidly in the face of COVID-19. Okay. So we are looking at potential uh, strategic investors, people involved in the medical field, transportation, uh, big industry, people that have this inherent desire to make things better than they were. We don't want to be a COVID company. We want to be a post-COVID company sure. that has a day-to-day -day solution that makes things better inside. And we currently have um, MyTax funding through UVic with our other company, Originaire, that we're testing the probiotics because the probiotics were part of Originaire first. So we're right now testing the efficacy of the probiotics on eating biofilm and on different bacteria. So with those results, we'll be able to scale really rapidly. So um, additionally, it's organic, non-toxic. So a big thing for me, a big part of my passion that we talked about at the beginning is taking toxins out of the environment. You know, after an originaire has the same kind of passion behind it. I spent 15 years as a lawyer inside closed buildings, inside closed courthouses. A year ago, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. Like that's a build up. We don't really can't prove it, but it's a build up over time of small exposures to minimal levels of toxins. And there's only one solution, which is to change the way our indoor air and our indoor spaces, where we now spend 90% of our time, are cleaned or are taken care of, be it the air, or the surfaces. So that's really the passion behind both companies. What's well, a good segue to Origin Air then? So why don't we talk a little bit about that brand? Because I know we could we could talk about Origin Clean some more as well, but I do want to get both in. Is that can you tell us about sort of that where the you're at with that brand and that company, and, and, and you maybe tell the audience sort of you know. What, what we do under the Origin Air brand. Yeah, so 
I came on about a year and a half ago. We incorporated about a year, just July of last year. For the first few months, it was just the two of us uh, working out of our, what we call the boffice, <laughs> the bedroom <laughs> office or the, you know, the living room office or the deck office. We were very fortunate to get a really nice office space just over a year now, a year ago, um, who is a strategic investor who's coming on with us this week. They, they gave us office space to get us going. We have much thanks to them. Um, and now we moved in September to this office. You can't see the whole office behind us, but we have space and we now have 15 employees, like COVID distancing. Uh, so we're growing fast. Mm -hmm. And what Originaire does with the genetically modified plants that Andrew introduced at the beginning is we, um, after many months, got the license with the University of Washington to distribute the genetically modified plants as part of an air purification device globally. We have a five-year exclusive to globally distribute these because as it so happens in many of these conversations you know, on the west coast of Canada, most people are like, well, my indoor air isn't that bad, unless it's you know August and the California fires yeah. are putting smoke into our indoor spaces where you can see, smell, and taste it. But um, we want to globally expand rapidly because even though Canada does need it, we don't need it as much as places like Malaysia or Indonesia or China or Singapore, right. India, or even large large um, US cities. Mm -hmm. We're looking to kind of do a non-traditional um, expansion instead of like getting our foothold in Canada first, we wanna go internationally and we've developed partnerships to do that as quickly as possible. But basically the air's pulled in to our air purifier, which is about six feet high by four feet long by two feet wide. The engineers are out the store currently building it. Yeah. Um, and then it passes through the plants. It passes through a UVC light chamber, which, which actually sterilizes it for COVID. It's been proven we're onboarding a strategic partner so that we can actually say we can kill COVID with our device. And then as the air is returned, to the room, it's got the probiotics added, the good microbiome, because the UVC light, much the same as um, a Lysol or a disinfectant in cleaning, is kind of like an antibiotic. It right. kills everything, which is in sometimes sometimes is good, but in um, doing the right thing, we need to add the microbiome back, so that we're providing a nice microbiome back to the environment. So are you, you're, you're not in production of the air purifiers yet, right? You're, you're, sounds like you're in staging of developing them right now. Is that correct? Yeah, we would be about what they would call a technology readiness level seven. Is okay. when we're testing it in a real world situation. So the plants have already been tested in the lab and their results have been published in environmental technology and science. And that was in December, 2018. But we want, we are testing them as part of the whole unit now. And where where will you build them? Is there are they actually going to be built locally, or are you, is it overseas? Like where when you actually get into production of these, where where will they be built? Are you still exploring that? Initially, the production will be Canada. Like with our B Corp, we want to keep things local, create jobs, and, and then 
we are exploring possibilities to have an area to grow the genetically modified plants in Malaysia and then expand and we'll have to have a production facility over there just because of the shipping costs. Right, which makes sense. Yeah. So the question on the plants is that we don't find these plants that you're using. I don't walk in the forest and find plants. Like they're actually being developed with the University of Washington right now in their greenhouse or whatever it may be. Is that correct? An interesting part of this whole business proposal because, you know, Dyson and, and all these other air purifiers, they, they build their filter. It, it comes right. out of the factory, it gets plugged in. Right. Ours grows. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of like we've got we've got an all-star soccer team, but they're all four years old right now. So it's like yeah. we, have to, we have to wait a while. On this one. So I don't know. For me, it's 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 as much fun as it is frustrating because there is that whole stewardship component to what we're doing here. We are producing a living, breathing entity that will be put into the service of air purification. Uh, it's exciting. We're developing what's called an aeroponics amber. So it doesn't it doesn't live in dirt. It lives in a in a, a fog, a nutrient dense fog. So instead of you eating cereal like this, I just go poof, and it would smell like Captain Crunch, and you'd absorb it. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, ag tech involved with this, and that's why we are exploring extensively right now both greenhouse facilities in Canada and significant grow opportunities in equatorial regions where the plants will thrive without much control like the humidity and the temperature are already right. perfect um I, I spent a considerable amount of time in hawaii in my 30s and i got to grow some amazing plants and i will tell you this if if you have a black or a brown thumb in canada chances are you'll have some success in hawaii with growing yeah. things. <laughs> everything grows so um why make it harder than it is? So we, we feel like there's some tremendous opportunities, especially in Southeast Asia, for us to really take this opportunity and floor it towards uh, meaningful marketplaces and with lower, you know, growing costs associated with what we're trying to do. In mm. in for either of the brands you mentioned, sort of uh, Susie you mentioned, sort of international, is that like how quickly are you are we expanding to the outside of Canada? Is that happening as we speak, or like? when when is it, in an ideal world when, when is that happening in an ideal world it might happen concurrently with our launch in canada um we've got some very serious partners specifically in malaysia indonesia and singapore that have land that want us to be able to grow our plants the, the plants are genetically modified so at first i i was quite hesitant because normally there's rules against genetically modified plants in their native land because right. they can spread. Yeah. Um, but here it seems like it's not going to be a problem. I think people are finally starting to accept certain types of genetically modified organisms. Yeah. If you're going to eat it and it's modified to stop pesticides from affecting it, you're going to have a problem with the GMO, right? The type of Monsanto like genetic modifications yeah. that are now. I believe in over 30% of our food. But with these plants, the worst thing that's going to happen if they do manage to get a little bit out is they're going to clean the air. So it's kind of a different <laughs> level, right? Yeah. So a lot of the people we've been talking to are completely fine with it. Um, connections with governments in um, Malaysia and Indonesia specifically. So we want to expand quickly. 
that said, our Canadian um, launch is going to be in either Q2 or Q3 of 2021. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of the health benefits, obviously, that we've talked about, but I suspect there's an overall like cost savings for businesses as well, right? And we haven't talked about that at all, but can you, can we maybe spend some time if you expand like on how a business would save costs using your guys' product? Great question. Um, I was raised by an accountant. I'm fascinated <laughs> by numbers. And one of the more fascinating numbers for me came out of getting into this field and figuring out our value proposition. And the number that you know really set me back in my chair was it's called uh, the 33300. Uh, model. And what that means is every company is going to pay a per square foot cost for operating their company. And the three will represent your utility cost. And the 30 will represent your lease or your rent for the building that you're in. 300, that's your payroll. That's your human resource cost. So as a percentage, you're talking about 90% of your money goes towards the human productivity inside the building. I mean, you're pretty good at math. You can tell me where, where the bottom line is going to improve with marginal increase in productivity. It's in the humans. And yet we look at green tech and efficient green buildings, and that's that 1%. So this essentially like multi-billion dollar, maybe trillion dollar industry is pulling pieces out of that 1% because they can, and they can prove that they're doing a better job. So I could go to you right now and say, hey, Rob, Let's have a look at your uh, your HVAC costs last year. Let's see how much money you spent on your utilities. Oh, ten thousand dollars. What if I could drop that by twenty percent? You know, that's great, Andrew. You know, I'm gonna yeah. get two grand back. But as your op costs go, that will not even return anything to your bottom line. It's a good story. You got some shiny things on the roof. Yeah. At the end of the day, what if I could exert a two percent change on your payroll, where you're putting ninety percent of your cost per square foot? And that's where we're really excited is that the only thing I need to do to improve the productivity of the people inside your building is to give them better air to breathe and more of it. I don't have to teach them in a seminar. I don't have to give them a training. I don't have to change the hours they work. I just have to assume that they're going to breathe. <laughs> it's a pretty easy sell, right? It's like, can you show up and breathe today? Perfect. Vegas figured it out a long time ago. Yeah, they did. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's interesting, like trying to onboard. Uh, uh, you guys mentioned OKRs. And I thought, <laughs> I remember, you try to, like, but, but that's a good example. Try to implement an OKR strategy into your company and, and the amount of uptake and training and, and the technology. Like just putting a new CRM, a CRM system in is so hard to do. Where, like you said, this, this is, employees don't have to do anything different. No. You know, they, there's not much thought involved in it, but there is a lot of thought in the rebuttal against doing it. So there's a lot of perception that, that to do or increasing the ventilation rate will be way too expensive. It'll cost me an extra million dollars a year. Uh, both are dramatically overstated. And in a country like Canada, where our utilities are inherently quite cheap with reference to what we use, right. And the amount of time we spend inside because it's so cold between now and May, you know, there's a massive margin for improvement here. Like there's a, there's a mm -hmm. metric in, in the HVAC industry called heating days. And it's very simply how many days 
do you need to exert energy on the inbound air to get it to 18 degrees Celsius? And from, you know, the Rockies East, it's pretty much the next eight months, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's an expensive, it's an expensive problem that we have, but it's one that we feel we've been afforded a tremendous opportunity to create a meaningful intercept. And in doing so, basically evaluate the most important part of the building as the humanity inside of it, as opposed to some tangible on the roof. Interesting. Um, we're gonna I, I warned you guys, we're gonna switch focus here for a few minutes and we're gonna come back and wrap this up. But I, I have rapid, 10 rapid fire questions I'm gonna ask you guys, nothing to do with your business per se. We're gonna learn, learn a little bit more. And I said, you guys can rock, paper, scissors, who's answering or you guys can both answer. So um, what was the very first job you had? I had a not-for-profit where I collected cats and dogs from the neighborhood and told my parents they needed me to take care of them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most famous person you ever met? I'll take that one. Uh, I'm going to go with Mick Fleetwood. He became a friend of mine on Maui. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are readers, but if you are, what, what are you reading right now? Any 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 genre or book that you guys do you have time to pick up a book and read but <laughs> i listen to audiobooks on audible every day so usually when i'm brushing my teeth or curling my hair or getting ready for work and they're all right now i'm reading crossing the chasm because that's kind of where we're at yep. <laughs> i know you got to jump across the chasm from zero to one so a lot of strategy books a lot of business books in the beginning of our, sorry for the longer response, but when we started this, I was a lawyer and right. at first we hired a CEO and then I realized I can do this, but to do it, I needed to read basically an MBA's worth of literature. Yeah. Um, if you guys had to just crank the music while you're working or doing something, you're cooking, you're, what do you listen to? What's, what's, what's your- what's yeah, Completely that? opposite. Yeah, way opposite. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a Clapton type guy, classic rock guitar. Um, and I'm like we... Pantera. Oh, Metallica. are you? Yeah. Metallica. <laughs> That's, I like Metallica is my favorite too. Um, who's someone you really admire? Is there someone you guys look up to as you're growing your company or have you gone through your career? Is there someone either in your personal life or outside that you've really admired and looked up to? Um, mine is, is, uh, someone that I've never met, that kind of Rachel Carson, okay. uh, she's like the mother of the environmental movement. She wrote Silent Spring, um, which is the first book that really showed the damage that the toxins we're putting into our environment are doing like DDT 10 years after she published the book was banned, um, for use in North America, but it was still produced to export. And it's actually still used on at least three continents. So we still have a long way to go, but yeah. she's kind of my hero. Um, she wrote another book called The Sea Around Us, which was published earlier than that, which is actually my favorite book because it was before she was kind of dissuaded. Right. So it's a really rather depressing book, whereas the first one was before she, she was still an eternal optimist. Right. She's very <laughs> eloquent. She writes about science in an eloquent way, which is difficult to do. Um, any favorite quotes you guys known or either Andrew if you ask employees you're like well Andrew always says this or Susan always says this. <laughs> yes it's usually, his is like smoke and mirrors <laughs> uh, that might not be appropriate I, I think uh, one that I'm, I'm falling in love with more and more 
is it's it's do what you love love what you do but i feel that the do what you love part like anyone can say that but if you actually love what you do magic will happen and that's sort of that whole if you love what you do you won't work another day in your life yeah and that's, we found that and man I've, I've done this entrepreneurial thing my whole life and this is the first time where stranger puzzle pieces keep fitting together in a meaningful way you're like oh this is what they were talking about yeah, yeah. so love love what you do um what was the first big ticket item you ever bought with your own money I know it's funny because we get two different answers here. People are, some people are very, they buy stuff that's very useful. And like me, I blew it on junk that I'll never, you know. Totally. Like, so is this in life and like life in general? Yeah. First big ticket item you would have bought with your own money. You're working, you went out and bought a car. Some people bought, blew it on a, I bought a stereo system in university. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it would be my own money, but I, I actually, when I was, waitressing at 22 bought my first house oh wow technically my own money I didn't go. figure out i could even go get a car like on loan until i was older i was like oh you can just walk on us and leave with a new car this is great yep. That's awesome. um is what's <laughs> something that you want to do next year that you haven't done before what's on the list of either in business or personal life is there something on that really stands out that you want to accomplish in 2021 i think we want to uh commercialize a an idea like yeah. legitimately commercialize this tangible idea and, and we're stressing out our engineers by saying it's going to happen on Earth day but i take pleasure in that so <laughs> there's a date on it and there's a there's a tangible at the end of it and that's what i want to see next year yeah what's your favorite place you ever visited costa rica colones yeah. oh, okay Okay, yeah. both agree to that. I'm, I'm a surfer, so there's been a lot of good surf breaks, but that one was mind blowing with respect to every. It wasn't just the wave; it was the people, the the culture. Don't tell anyone though. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's horrible. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Last question: If you were a clean tech founder and doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? Founding something else. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'd be writing scary stories for kids. Oh, that is, for kids. <laughs> wow, that's pretty specific. Yeah. She has an amazing talent for terrifying children and not being horrible at it. Only on Halloween. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, last couple of questions. If you have, do you have any advice for someone that's starting a tech company? You guys have, you know, you've, you've been, I'm, I'm sure through good times, bad times, stressed out, going, why am I doing this to this is the greatest thing. But as you're starting a tech company, what's some advice that you could give some people that you guys have learned over the last, you know, couple of years of what you've gone through? Just resili resilience. Like there are, it is going to be a roller coaster. There's yeah. no way around it. That's why we do it. Yeah. So on those days where the roller coaster is like down at the bottom, just regroup, get a good night's sleep and start again. You're going to be good. And there's, there's an absolute culture here and there are tenured entrepreneurs who've been there and done that. And because it's such a sadistic way of doing things, they want to share the pain, <laughs> share the gain and give you that, you know, that juice that you need to get through it. And, uh, I think the ability to listen is a lost art that needs to be resurrected because there's so much wisdom in those, uh, you know, those, those 65 plus age group. They just know so much and they have so much more to give. 
And we got to keep tapping into that. And there's so many, there's so many accelerators or right. incubators that, that will give you like almost free advice. Right. So you don't need to pay for this. There's tons of people out there that will help you go find, you know, the Foresights, the Alacrities, the Biotechs. Like I'm in a program called W Venture. There's so many programs for young entrepreneurs. And if I was talking to like a really young entrepreneur, a person who wanted to be an entrepreneur, a few of whom are outside this door, I would say, go find the entrepreneur that you want to be and just go work for them and learn. And, and they may not, some of them do do it, but stay after hours. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Stuff happens after 4 p.m. Yeah. This morning at 5 p.m., you would have learned how to do all the legal for yeah. a company, right? So, and I know Napoleon Hill said this before me, and that's the key though. Go find, I wish when I was 20, I had gone and found who I wanted to be when I was 40 and yeah. just spent all my time with them for free. That's great advice, actually. That's, that's a very good point. Um, for anyone listening, wanting to learn more about Origin Clean or Origin Air, or they're intrigued about what we talked about today, where do they go find more information? We've got, a, uh, we've got all the social media channels covered. It's as easy as originclean.com and originair.com. Follow us, like us. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys both for taking the time to, like I said, I was so intrigued when I first about your guys's company you guys are doing you can really hear the passion and the drive to do good right and, and it's uh you know it's interesting because we, we we've been talking for about 45 minutes and dollars never came up right we didn't talk and because that's the, those are true entrepreneurs you guys got a passion for what you do and and you know creating healthier spaces for all of us is, is something that we all benefit from so you know i, I look forward to following your guys's path to success for sure because i think it's it's awesome what you guys are doing so really appreciate it thanks rob thank you rob well, thank you guys uh, for joining us and thank you for tuning into business matters everyone have a great day Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation. 